0: Okay, guys, stop me if you've heard this one before. Yadier Molina, Chris Bryant, Francisco Lindor, Lucas Giolito, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and Trevor Bauer all walk into a bar. To watch the rest of the postseason, let's go! Woo! <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man.
0: Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves Podcast. Welcome to the Oh My God, we won a postseason series edition of Chatting Average. My name's Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How you doing today, Cam? What's shaking, Megan? Oh, it's all shaken today. We have an extra host today. Yet another guest host appearance from friend of the show, Mr. Jeff Donahue. How are you doing today, Jeff? Good
2: morning, gentlemen and cam. Good
0: morning, sir. We are celebrating this weekend, guys. It has been 19 years. 19, it's been 19 years. So, Jeff, you were 46 last time the braves won a playoff series
2: yes i i did not live in senior listed uh, assisted living home last time the braves won actually <laughs> alex is just excited to have somebody older than him on the show this week
3: it's
0: a it's a rare opportunity to not feel like the old guy
2: <laughs> i uh, i tweeted it earlier last week i was 24 years old the last time the braves won a postseason series and i'm 43 now so put that into perspective it's it's been a long drought man i'm glad it's over
0: I talked about it with uh with Cape and Sarah on easy out the other night after the Braves won, but I was uh I was a sophomore in high school. Uh had not yet gotten my learner's permit to uh <clears throat> to drive when uh when when the Braves won the a postseason series the last time. Uh Cam, do you remember what you were doing the last time the, the Braves won in the postseason? Uh I was seven years old and in second grade, Alex. Oh god, god.
3: <laughs> i'm in my prime. <laughs> oh man
2: Thank, thanks cam that makes me feel great you're welcome that's
3: so, what you get uh, for trying
0: to take my spot on the show
2: jeff that was a different <laughs> show that was chatting elite this is, this is, this is oh, oh okay
0: totally okay. totally different show
2: that was bourbon I, and golf and tennis mm. and, and country
3: club uh, so clubs. so wait it if you're back on the show and you and Alex were chatting elite, and then Alex and I are normally chatting average, what does that make today's
0: show? This is the playoff spectacular! Ba, 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 ba. Anyway.
3: <laughs> Fun fact that was actually uh, Jeff Donahue in those Six Flags commercials dancing around and driving the bus. <laughs>
2: I can't, I can't watch those commercials, man. That is a creepy. <laughs> I, 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 I hate those commercials. Like I, I will turn away from the television. Oh those man. Come <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Jeff.
0: So, uh, so, so, Cam. What? Uh, it, it is 11:48 on a Sunday morning as we're recording this. What are you drinking?
3: As always for our Sunday morning podcast, I'm
0: drinking coffee. A swig of coffee for the working man. How about you? I I too am drinking coffee. Uh, Jeff, what what about you? Is it is it Metamucil time or are oh. we doing fig juice? <laughs> uh,
2: how do I cut this mic off? I'm unplugging this and leaving. <laughs> no, uh, no no fiber drinks this morning. I'm uh, I too am drinking straight
0: black coffee for the working man. All right. I like it. I like it. Well, we have a we, we have a hell of an episode in store for you guys this week. Uh we we have we have not one, not two, not three, but including our friend Jeff, we have four special guests for you this week. It is uh it is it is a big show today, guys. So so stay tuned for all that, but let's let's briefly talk about what happened this past week. Uh the Braves of course had their wild card series against the Cincinnati Reds and And my impression from from being part of of Braves country on Twitter is that people didn't feel entirely confident going into this because of the Reds rotation that we were running into uh, in this series. We we were looking at the prospect of facing Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray on on three consecutive days, which which in, in fairness is. Is no small thing to overcome, uh, and, and my goodness, was Game One an absolute thriller! Uh, I, I I I said it online, and it sounds hyperbolic, but I'm I'm standing by it. I, I honestly believe that Game One of the Braves Reds uh, NL Wild Series was one of the greatest baseball games I have ever seen played. Uh, it was an absolute pitcher's duel between t- uh, Trevor Bauer and Max Freed. Uh, nobody allowed a run. It went to the 13th inning, tied at zero, when finally we get Austin Riley on base and we we get to, to Freddie Freeman at second in the order, and he puts a blooper into center field to score the one and only run either team scored in 13 innings. Just uh, a, an absolute heart attack of a game to watch, but it was a thing of beauty to see the Braves win a game like that in the postseason. Well, you know, the, the biggest concern
3: about going into that series with the Reds, like you mentioned, was their rotation, but dare I say it, their rotation in their bullpen was just as advertised. Um, you know, offense was kind of hard to come by in those two games, uh, albeit the eighth inning in game two, but yeah, game one. Trevor Bauer was just lights out, man. But he and Max Freed just back and forth, matching each other was a hell of a game to watch.
0: It was incredible, truly. And if I'm not mistaken, Trevor Bauer set an all time Reds postseason record with his 12 strikeouts in that game, uh, going going seven and two thirds innings before getting pulled. But uh, hats hats off to him. It was a hell of a performance from from Trevor. Uh, but luckily uh, in extras, uh, the Braves were able to get it done. And and I don't want to move on to, to game two without mentioning the name Tyler Matzik. Uh, the guy comes in, pitches across multiple innings in extras without allowing a run. The guy played out of his mind. And someone we talked about early in the season having a, a fantastic comeback story, uh, to be able to 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 put a cherry on top of the story with, with a performance like that was truly amazing.
2: I think, uh, rightfully so, Braves fans have been conditioned to something going wrong. I mean, you know, 2001 was the last post-season, uh, postseason series win. Pretty much every year since then, it's been something. It's been the 10-run first inning. It's been this, it's been that, it's been injuries. And so I think, I, I feel confident that most people were more fearful not for the reds rotation but just typical braves luck you know things that's going to go wrong things are going to happen and uh, i'll admit it i was the same way through that game the bats went quiet i mean we've seen this massive offensive explosion all year long and then all of a sudden nothing they're swinging at 58 foot pitches in the dirt i mean you know when nick marcakis is swinging at him before they get to the plate you know something's going wrong um and so you know typical they load the bases you know, there's no outs and and you got a guy like Matzik coming in. And I think everyone's first reaction was, we know how this is going to end. It's going to be a, you know, they're going to, they're going to hit a grand slam. They're going to hit a, you know, basis clearing double. They're going to do something that's going to put us out of the game. And uh, for him to come on and and do that, the first inning that he, he pitched was amazing. But then to come back out and um, just kind of maintain that, that dominance that he had, I, I I was completely shocked and um I was very impressed. I was really nervous because like i said the bats they just weren't there and i was thinking this is this is what we normally used to see and where they just they don't hit you know they don't do what they've done all season to get here and um granted it was bauer and and you you expected it to to go that way but um to to get him out of the ball game and get into the bullpen i think was huge and um for freed to hang in there and do what he did and stay stay low on his pitch count um i mean there's nothing you can say I, i i watched the game at work uh Unfortunately, our general manager at work is a giant Braves fan and he had, uh, one of his monitors at his desk was on Hulu. So I went back to my office and turned one of my monitors on Hulu and we watched the game. Uh, so I actually stayed a little bit longer at work to watch it. And of course it got to that point where, um, Atlanta traffic. So on a Friday, um, or whatever day it was, Wednesday, I guess, um, I was going to go ahead and, uh, try to beat the traffic. And of course I get in the car and they walk it off and I I don't get to see it. So I had to listen to it, but it was just as electric on the radio, but, um, it, it felt good to get that game one under the belt and not have to go into the next day with that elimination feeling. You know, you could kind of wrestle easy and um, not not be on pins and needles for game two. Well, and, and
3: Jeff, you mentioned, you know, talking about how we've seen just things go wrong in years past. It was interesting in the first game seeing a lot of the Reds mistakes that they were making and almost feeling like, okay, this is what it feels like to be on the other side of that coin. Like, you know, you, you had the two plays at third by Riley uh, first tagging uh, Castellanos out on the throw from Duvall and then Riley uh, chasing the runner down as he's heading to home, like things like that as Braves fans, we feel like normally that would be us having to experience stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So it was interesting being on the other side of that coin for once. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that takes us into game two. Braves fans slept easy after game one because we finally got to play a postseason game uh an elimination game where the Braves had no risk of of being eliminated uh, and then we get to see Ian Anderson take the mound for his first career postseason start so big big unanswered questions what's Ian gonna do uh going up against a pitcher like Luis Castillo well he answered that and uh and answered it rather emphatically. Ian comes in and throws six innings strong, allowing only two hits, no earned runs, and nine strikeouts. An unbelievable performance from the kid, outclassing his opponent, Luis Castillo, who threw five and a third innings, allowing one run in the fifth, striking out seven, and walking one. Uh, it was a it was a really exciting game. Ronald Acuna Jr. drove in Austin Riley in the fifth to give Atlanta the one nothing lead. Uh, everyone was still on pins and needles until the eighth inning when Marcel Ozuna did what Marcel Ozuna does best and hit a 429 foot homer to left center, scoring himself and Freddie Freeman to give the Braves a three nothing cushion. Adam Duvall follows that up with yet another home run to left, scoring Ozzy Albies and putting the Braves up five to nothing and putting the game out of reach for the Cincinnati Reds. Atlanta Braves win a postseason series for the first time since 2001, and it's time to celebrate in Atlanta. That, uh, that Ian Anderson kid, I, I think he's going to be pretty good. The kids got it, guys. Uh, And then uh, the... <laughs> The postseason lights are not too bright for him and and man if that doesn't I mean I'm going I'm going to go to coffee town on this one if that don't light your fire your woods wet son <laughs> Boy, my knees are sweating <laughs> how
2: how strange was it to see a, a 2020 covid baseball celebration to win a, you know, to, to win a division and then going to win the wild card series, like it's, it's this muted celebration where they kind of come out and shake hands and they do the, you know, yeah. the, 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 the normal stuff, but there's no champagne throwing, there's no goggles, there's no, you know, snit drinking beers and stuff like that. It's, it's a, it's odd. it, it this, is, this should have been one of the most exciting times you know, since 2001 for us, and it just kind of felt um, a little flat, you know, and, and most of us were either in the car on the way home from work or just got home from work, so it was kind of an odd time to be celebrating. But um, I, I could imagine, had fans been in there, just how deafening it would have been to, to finally get that under the belt, you know, and everybody can rush in the field in, in normal times. Uh, I do feel that we got a little bit robbed of that celebration and the players themselves, obviously.
0: We, we, we did. And, and to, I, I can only speak for myself here, but uh, watching it uh, on, on uh, streaming on my phone, basically I, I, once that last pitch was thrown, my phone was basically thrown as well. And I, I was, I was jumping around work. Me and my boss both were. Uh, let out some some audible screams inside of a tennis center that, uh, that I'm, I'm sure got some, uh, some strange looks, but uh, I, I do not care. I will not apologize for my behavior, and uh, Lord help them all if the same situation presents itself in the NLDS. Uh, but uh, another thing that shouldn't go without mentioning from, from game two, uh, like I said, Ian Anderson pitched six strong innings, But then we had Will Smith come in in the seventh through the full inning, struck out two, did not allow a hit, did not walk anybody. Will Smith is finally starting to look like the like like the relief pitcher that we thought we were getting when we signed him in the offseason. Obviously, he had some rough outings in the regular season, but in in both games, really in games one and two came out and, and looked absolutely dominant.
2: Yeah, he, uh, he is the Will Smith that I think Anthopolis envisioned getting, and he just hasn't shown up until now. Fortunately, it's a great time for him to show up and be that person. Um, flashing back to last year before Will Smith, you know, and the, the bullpen would come in and you you would bite your fingernails off because you didn't know where it was going to go. And um, this year, at least personally speaking, like the bullpen comes in, and you don't even feel like you miss a beat. It's It's the it's just like, okay, we're going to take care of business. And, and then you have surprises like we talked about with Matzik. But to see Will Smith be the guy that everyone thought he was and knew that he could be, to him to finally be that. Uh, and granted, you know, that, that one or two outings, but um, to, to show up in the postseason was huge. And, um, and thankfully it didn't go the other way.
3: It, well, and, and the bullpen just as a whole in these first two games, you know, holding the Reds scoreless, that's huge yeah that is a huge deal. Now, granted, the Reds have possibly one of the worst offenses in all of baseball. But our pitching staff did exactly what you're supposed to do against a team like that. So you know you got to commend those guys for the work that they put in.
2: Well, again, guys like Suarez and Votto, they can go off at any moment. you know, yep. what I mean, I mean they're 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 not who they used to be, but they certainly still have that capability.
0: absolutely. and and so to 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 take a look at what uh, what happened in the rest of the postseason, it was not it was it was not a good outing from central divisions on, on either side of baseball. Uh, <laughs> between the AL Central and the NL Central, uh, I believe there were, let's see, uh, either six or seven representatives in the postseason. Not a single one of them advanced to the division series. Uh four National League representatives from uh from the the NL Central, the the Cubs, the Brewers, the Reds, and the St. Louis Cardinals all lost. Uh so, so really disappointing uh disappointing outings from them. Um but looking ahead to the division series, you wind up with four matchups of divisional opponents. Mm-hmm. I I cannot imagine how exciting this next week is going to be in baseball. Win, lose, or draw for our Atlanta Braves. This next week is going to be some of the most exciting baseball I I think we've ever seen. Because every every division series is a grudge match. Uh, Every one of these teams that's playing hates each other. And and to, to bring it back to the Braves, the Miami Marlins sweep the Cubs in two games. And the Braves we'll be taking on the Marlins in the division series. We got a five, we got a best of five series against them. And, um, as we're going to talk about with one of our guests a little bit later, it's, uh, it, it, you know, if you, would if you told me this in, uh, in June, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think I might've laughed at you. I,
2: I did uh, not have the Marlins on my postseason bingo card at all, especially <laughs> play in, in the NLDS, you know, especially not them, but, uh, I, I I think of all the division series or not division series, but the wild card series, the Cubs getting swept shocked me the most. I know they're not the Cubs that they were a few years ago, but I thought that they were a, a better team, at least on paper, than than the Marlins. But you know that shows that the Nats can tell you that paper championships mean nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, so uh. To, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's gonna, it's hard to get a read on what this series is going to look like. Um, the Marlins are going to be without uh, Jose Urania, uh, So the, 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 the main villain of that team in the eyes of Braves fans uh, will not be taking the mound. Uh, so we don't have to worry about, uh, about Ronald getting hit hopefully. Um, but, you know they they have, of course, we we've mentioned on this show Sixto Sanchez, who uh, who who threw a just a masterful game against the Cubs. Um, really looks like he has that postseason gear that we were talking about, Ian Anderson finding uh, in Game Two of the Brave series. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see how their rotation shakes out. It's going to be very interesting to see how our rotation shakes out because we can't. We can't win this one in two games with Freed and Anderson, so we've got to we've got to go to Kyle Wright. We've got to potentially think about what a postseason game started by Waskar and or Bryce Wilson is going to look like. But uh, at this point, Atlanta Braves are playing with house money, guys. Uh, I, I'm this it's it's all gravy to me from here on out. We got our postseason series win uh brian snicker deserves a lifetime contract in my opinion uh and and i'm gonna feel good about the 2020 season regardless of what happens from here on out i think uh
2: i think snit gets a lot of criticism um you know just for for decisions and and i've been critical of him at times but for some reason i don't know if it's an influence or if it's just he has approached the season differently because of the, the constraints and whatnot, but his managerial decisions seem to be much better this year uh, regarding bullpens, regarding uh, pinch hitters, things of that nature. Um, I know there were some, you know, questionable lineups from people, uh, or you know, Twitter managers or whatever you want to say, but um, I didn't feel as though he – made decisions this year based on the decisions or on things that he would have last year. Like I think he was quick to go get pitchers if they got in trouble this year. He didn't let him stay out there. And, and, and um, I don't know, I, just, I felt like just, it was, a, and granted it wasn't a full season for us to see. There could have been plenty more games that he could have botched, you know, but um I felt like he managed a, a really good season this year. Uh, not that that matters my opinion, but I, I, I think he did better than, than he has in season past.
3: Yeah, I, well, I mean, you, you look at these two games against the Reds, especially the the bullpen management in both of those games was just superb. I mean, you literally could not have run that any better than he did. He managed both of those games really well, and he deserves all the credit for that.
2: This uh I know this this podcast is a Luke Jackson fan podcast. Uh, what do you what do you guys feel about him being left off the roster on that first series?
0: You know, it, it was it,
2: it justifiable.
0: Yeah, it, it was it it was a rough season for Luke. Um, he had, uh, in my opinion, a fantastic year last year. Uh, and, and I think, uh, people were so split on their opinions of him in general, uh, that that he deserved to have some guys like us singing his praises and and shouting his name from the mountaintops. Um, but it was a, it was a rough year this year. I mean, he just he he, he didn't have it a lot of the time out there and. That's not to say that he won't get it back, but that that is to say that uh, I think it was probably the right decision to to exclude him from that roster.
3: Yeah. And and, and last year, too, any of the rough situations that he might have found himself in, a lot of times you could chalk it up to bad luck, you know, and this year really wasn't so much the case. I mean, he just was not nearly as sharp this season as he was last year. So I I totally get him not being on the postseason roster and really wasn't all that surprised by it.
0: For sure. So, um let's take a look at these other matchups. We've got uh, on on the other side of the national League, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers facing off against America's darling the San Diego Padres uh, who who came back after losing game one to the St. Louis cardinals and and just put on a a, a show uh, to to take that series in games two and three. Uh, really impressive performance by them. We, there was a, a multi-home run game from Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, just, just great baseball to watch. And, and, you know, there is no love lost between the cities of San Diego and Los Angeles. So every game of, of the division series between those two is is going to be must-see TV.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, what was it, game two? that the Padres came back from a deficit to, to end up winning that game. That was as electric of a baseball game as we've seen so far here in the postseason. I mean, that game was just phenomenal.
2: Is that the one that Tatis went deep twice and Machado was right there back to back with yep. him and they, they yep. stormed back from like four runs down or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was the, that, that I was I actually watched that game and I, um, I, part of me is like, man, I really want the Cardinals to advance because I would love to get revenge on them. And then the other half, of me is, well, I kind of don't want to face these Padres, man. They look like they could be a threat, um, especially if we do have that issue. You know, fortunately, you know, we do have some other guys coming up in the bullpen and whatnot. Uh, you know, like you said earlier, it's a rotation goes Wilson and, and you know, uh, all those guys. But, um, yeah, those bats are scary, man. It, it, you, you can see that they just turn around. And they did, they seem to do what we d- have done a lot this year, where they can just put on a, a five or six run inning. at it will. Um and completely come back so that's a scary team um I, I don't know if I would and I'm not looking past the Marlins but if we do get past the Marlins I, I don't know who I'd rather face the Dodgers or the Padres because we all hate the Dodgers but it's 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 weird having to look at the Padres now as a, as a potential threat but those those guys are you know they, they can just rip off runs whenever they want
0: neither of those teams are are a team I'm going to be comfortable playing but that that just is going to be the case when you get to, to the National League Championship Series any, any year. But I, I will say this, and, and I, I said it um, on the Easy Out podcast the other night, I want the Dodgers. If, if the Braves are going to make a deep run in this postseason, uh, if the Braves somehow find a way to win a World Series, I do not want to hear anyone out there saying, you got lucky because of what teams you wound up playing. I want the Braves to to face the absolute best, and I want them to win against the absolute best. So, uh, there there is no question as to the legitimacy of of what they did in this this season.
2: Is uh, is Clevenger out for the year? I know he's hurt, or is he just out for that series?
0: There, uh, there are talks about him going in, uh, in in the division series against the Dodgers. Whether or not that comes to fruition, I, I think we'll all just have to wait and see. But uh, if he can go, that that adds uh, an, an interesting storyline to to that series, uh, and it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how hurt he actually is, uh, how how he performs against. One of the most formidable lineups I think I've ever seen assembled. Um, it it's just there there's so many things going on in that matchup that that you you won't be able to pull me away from the TV.
2: Yeah, that's a series where the games could be one to nothing, or they could be eleven to nine. You know, it's it's it just yeah. depends on who shows up that day.
0: Absolutely, and that, to take a quick look at the uh, the American League, we have. The Yankees going up against the Tampa Bay Rays, a uh, a team that the Braves had a, a little, well, two teams really that the Braves had a little bit of trouble with this season. Yankees obviously were were ravaged by injuries throughout the regular season, but still found a way to to make it into the postseason and and win their uh, their opening series in in fairly convincing fashion. Uh, The Rays are 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 a really tough team. And we we know that really well from the first two games we played against them. Hell, we had a one of our starting pitchers DFA'd before the game was even over when we were in Tampa. So it's uh, we know all too well how good they are. And uh, that's that's just that that series seems like, uh, you know, uh, the 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 immovable object and the irresistible force uh, going up against one another. So we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, what
3: a great story the Rays are, though. I mean, like one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball, but they have assembled just this ultra-talented team and have developed these guys, you know, beyond belief that where they find themselves uh, – as the number 1 overall seed in the American League and you know beating out the the Yankees in the East and I know that there were certain conditions that helped them get to that point but the Rays are a really good baseball team and we saw that in those two games in Tampa that we played at the beginning of the season this series is going to be interesting um i i don't know if i feel safe even making a prediction for it
0: but the Rays they have my attention absolutely and they they made the the Toronto Blue Jays, who are not a bad baseball team, they made them look bad, really, really bad. They just yep. they just ran through them like poop through a goose.
2: <laughs> I'm so poop. good with the
0: words. Poop
2: on a goose reference. That's that's a. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I know we talked about it on the Chatting Elite uh, podcast a couple weeks ago, Alex, but like the the Yankees, man, they came storming into the the end of the season and into the postseason so you know if they can keep from being injured I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with but um the Rays like like Cam said they're they're a surprise team and um or at least us I'm sure they're not they don't think they're a surprise team they think they deserve to be there but um yeah I I don't I don't know where that series is going to go and I think whoever comes out of that series is, is maybe one of the favorites over on that side
0: Absolutely, and on the other side of uh, uh, of the American League, we're looking at a very interesting series as the Oakland Athletics take out uh, the, the flaming hot Chicago White Sox uh, and have earned the right to face the Houston Astros. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the majority of the country will be big uh, Oakland Athletics fans this week. Uh, and uh, like we talked about last week, it's going to be very interesting to see what we get out of the Houston Astros. It looks like their lineup has kind of switched into that postseason mode, but can their rotation hang with a, a lineup like, like the athletics have
2: the A's are, um, I feel like the A's are a lot like us in the fact that like they've, they get to the postseason, but then they don't have much success. And I think they're, uh, I think they're hungry over there, so it'll be interesting what they can do. Um, they, uh, I, I think, if if they can get past this this series, there, you know, like I said, it's going to be. I, I feel like it's going to be Yankees or Rays on the American League side, but you, you can't count the A's out. Um, I, I I expected them to win that wild card
3: series. A really fun uh, three game series against the White Sox. That game three was just insane. So the A's are another team, uh, kind of like the Rays, where you know, lower kind of payroll, no real flames, albeit a couple, but very dangerous, a lot of pop, good pitching. Uh, the A's are going to be a team to look out for.
0: To just sum everything up, we are looking at Braves Marlins and Dodgers Padres in the National League In the American League. We're looking at Yankees Rays and Astros Athletics. Guys, this is going to be exciting. It's uh, it's going to be another fun week of baseball uh, and hopefully we get to come back to you next week and, and be talking about uh, who the Braves are facing in the uh, in the National League Championship Series. This uh, this podcast
2: is much happier than it would have been had we lost to the Reds. I know that. So hopefully we can keep that rolling.
0: Yeah. And uh, and the guests we booked uh, it would have been a little awkward having them on if uh, if the Braves had lost. So uh, that's almost as much of the reason why I was nervous about the Braves series as uh, as <laughs> as you know, the being a Braves fan. So uh, so without further ado, let's throw it to our first guest. All right, folks. If you've been to a Braves game in the last 13 years, you will instantly know the next voice you hear. He has been the in-game host for the Braves since 2007. You all know and love him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Owens. Welcome to the does, show, sir. Does this count? Does this season
1: count? Because
0: this would be season 14.
4: 14.
1: I haven't officially done anything on the field i did free training does that count we yes absolutely okay together. yeah <laughs> 14. I'm, putting, I'm putting 14 on the resume now
0: very
5: nice there we go very nice.
0: so uh so it was, well I, I mean let's talk about the wild card series first and foremost uh i mean mark it's been great that you've been with the braves for this long but right. you haven't had an opportunity since working with the braves to see them advance through a postseason round talk to me about what that was like for you
1: Um, It was because this season and I don't have to tell you guys this season is just so weird and Mm -hmm. nothing seems normal this year that when they first released the, the bracket or the you know, the playoff scenarios, it took me a minute to kind of wrap my head around it. It was like, okay, we got sixteen teams, okay, there is a wild card series, even though we're the NL East champions, we still got to do a wild card. And then we move on to the division series, but then they're gonna move to a bubble for the division. So it's it's the process of just trying to get used to what this season looks like. But I will tell you one of the best and you guys will know better than I will. I think it was twenty thirteen when we won a wild card game and we are moving on into the playoffs. And that was like the and I've seen a handful of you know of postseason moments, but looking back, that was probably my favorite because for whatever people thought of Brooks Conrad, he will forever be <laughs> one of my favorite Braves players. And I know, I know what you're thinking, but I am talking selfishly. And and for a moment we had on the field, because I don't know if you remember back a a long time ago at Turner Field, we used to play the um, closest to the pin contest where we'd get a golf club and we'd have a contestant and they'd have three Braves players. And it was usually like a couple of guys that weren't going to play that day who just were looking to get, you know. Get on the field and nine times out of 10, it was Brooks Conrad and, you know, Peter Boylan would come and play and Med would come and play. And then I'd fanboy out if if Brian McCann would come and play. But uh, because Brooks always played that game, we just kind of had a good rapport and a good back and forth. All right. So flash to the end of the season when we officially clinched and we're going to the postseason. Um, They're all celebrating on the field and I'm trying to do interviews and he poured champagne all over my head. So that was one of the best wild card moments or postseason moments selfishly that I've ever had. Now, again, say what you will about Brooks, what he did, whatever. But for me, that was amazing. So to not be able to be there with the fans this season and celebrate that NL East 2020 banner like we've done the past couple of years and not being able to celebrate moving on into the postseason further down is just weird i'm excited but it really won't hit home for me until we actually get back to truest park and then get to hang out with the fans again
0: well that leads us to to an excellent question for you you are going to be back in Truist park with fans very yeah. soon talk to us about about that what it's going to look like what all went into making that happen
1: the braves have been trying since the return of the shortened season of baseball, the Braves have been trying everything to get fans back into the stands. Um, they have tried every angle they could. Um, Governor Brian Kemp gave the Braves the okay, just like he did with the Falcons and Arthur Blank and MLS. And, you know, had the Hawks been playing, I'm sure he, they would have had his blessing too. But um, the, he, he basically said, look, if you want to open up to the fans – you can. You have to do it safely. You can only do the percentage. You know, you have to do the spacing, all the social distancing and everything, but they tried. Guys, I can tell you, they tried everything to do watch parties out in the plaza. That got shut down. To do watch parties in the stadium, you know, when the when the team goes on the road, that got shut down. They even wanted to do some private ticket events to sell to A-list members, you know, for either at the Omni or at the Sport and Social. All of that got shut down. So I can tell you that a lot of people have been giving the Braves organization a lot of grief for not doing more to get the fans back But I can tell you, because I'm that guy, too, I want to be there just as bad as everyone else. They have tried. It's just it's it's a higher it's a higher power. It's it's big brother. It's the MLB. And I get it. I understand why, you know, because if the Braves get to do it, then why aren't the A's getting to do it? And why aren't the Yankees getting to do it? And why aren't the other teams doing it? So it's just easier for MLB to say, nope, nobody's doing anything. So to be able to have these watch parties that we're doing uh, for the division series that start Tuesday, uh for uh for me for you guys for the fans i am so excited i'm just excited to get because i know that you guys saw it you, did y'all go to any of the the, the battery during any of the games during this shortened season uh, i was
0: i was actually i was there for the uh the home opener uh okay. got to got to hang out with uh, former braves fan of the year caitlin peterson um in one of the suites at the top of the omni it was uh it was an unbelievable experience dude how cool was that it was amazing. <laughs> and just to, in you know, obviously with the year we're all having to, to be able to go to the battery and, and feel the energy from, from all of the fans that, that were there and, and around the ballpark was, it was unbelievable. It was just such a, such a great moment of, of temporary normalcy. That's
1: awesome. I'm jealous, man. That's fantastic. So you saw it though, I mean, you saw it yourself. You saw that, Fans are jonesing like the the two uh, wildcard games at the Battery. There was a couple thousand people out there, and that might be a high estimate. So when the Braves announced that they were going to be doing watch parties, and, they, and this has been in the works for a little while, um, you know, and then they were nervous. They were a little nervous about, you know, how many fans were going to show up. Are people still wanting to show up? You know, how do they do it? Do they sell seats out in the bowl? Do they do it on the field? Um, but I think when tickets went on sale and there's been a very healthy Strong demand for tickets for all the sections for the suites, and I think it was good to have different price points. That I think it proved that that we and I'm right there. I'm a fan first. Um, we are so excited and just want to be back inside of that stadium with the community of Braves fans.
2: Mark, are you going to be doing any, your normal role? Are you back up there in your nest? Are you going to be doing anything differently with the new setup?
1: Uh, so my nest is gone. We always called it the perch. I called it the swamp because it was. The fountain, so we'd always look down and see. But then I don't like the swamp because I'm a Georgia fan, and I don't want to talk about the yeah, swamp. That's, yeah. So <laughs> we don't, we don't yeah. say that. We don't say that exactly. So then I call it the marsh. So we called it the marsh down there. But now where my perch was um, right up underneath the big screen is now the Harris Cherokee back porch. And they've turned it into a bar and like a premium seating, kind of like the Home Depot Clubhouse or the Coors Light below the below the chop area. So it's like one of those private party areas that you can rent out. And I'll tell you, once we do, you know, I, it'll probably have to be next season. But Once we have the opportunity to just freely walk around Truist again, go check it out. It is beautiful it is like a lounge it's like a speakeasy and you're in center field and and selfishly i think it looks great um and i can't wait to go there and have a cold one as a fan but i also hate it because i had the best seat in the house and it just got taken away by courtner partnerships Hmm. so i get it um (laughs) but they have they have moved me to now i'm going to be above third base kind of in between third base and and, uh left field probably starting next season um I'm sorry, that's a long way to answer. I'm, I'm long-winded today. I'm just excited to talk about uh, baseball. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but <laughs> to, answer, to answer your original question, yes, we will still be doing – the Home Depot tools are going to be there. We're still going to play <coughs> Napa Cap with, um, with the fans. Uh, the Freeze is going to be there. We're going to do a Beat the Freeze. So it will be – we are going to try to make it look and feel as normal as possible.
2: That uh, that center-filled view is, is hard to beat, and every time I would go to a game with Jonathan Howard, I knew we would end up out there. Because he always championed that place. He's like, this is the greatest view. He loved that view. So I, I knew anytime we were there, we would end up out there hanging out with you or being out in that area towards the end of the game. But um, I, I get the corporate sponsorship thing, but that yeah. does suck to take away the, the one of the prime views.
1: I, I know. I'm sitting here complaining. I'm complaining that, you know, I get, <laughs> I get paid to watch baseball. I'm like, yo, they took my view away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's still, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be A-OK, I promise. So. I get it. It makes sense. It's it's a good moneymaker for the team. So if they can make money, especially after this year where there was no money to be made, I'm all about it.
2: Are you going uh, are you going back to Turner Field Desk between the third and the left? You going up high like it used to be up there? You're going to kind of stay down low
1: from what I understand. And actually, I'll get a sneak peek of it um, when we go back on Tuesday. Because I'm honestly, since this thing has started, I've only been inside of truest Park twice. It is. It is like trying to get into the Pentagon, trying to get into that into that uh, ballpark because the and as they should be, you know, the the protocols. I mean, you got to get your temperature taken. You have to get your ID scanned. You know, you have to have a, a daily badge like I have my work day badge. I have to get a new one each time I've gone in. I can only park in a certain area. I can't go in certain areas. So I know they've been working on it in the offseason and even during the condensed season. Um, but from what I understand, it'll be kind of between close. Right behind third base, you know, where the big Coke chair is Mm -hmm. out there high above uh, the Hank Aaron Terrace. It's not as far out as the Coke chairs, but I think it's pulled in a little bit. So um, it'll be a good it'll be a fun little view.
3: Very cool. Very cool. Well, Mark, uh, you talked a little bit about uh, kind of planning in the creative process about the plans that are coming down the pipeline for the rest of this season. In a normal year, though, what does that creative process look like for all of the in-game entertainment that you guys have planned? When does that process start in the spring, or
1: who all is involved in that? How does that work? So all of the features that you see, the Napa Cap Shuffle, the Home Depot Tool Race, the Racetrack Beat the Freeze, obviously they're all sponsored. And they all buy in for full season, half season, quarter season sponsorships. So you have like the Home Depot Tour race and Napa Cap Shuffle. They're going to get played at every single game because Napa and Home Depot have bought in to be part of the of every single home game at it, it, it Truest Park. So once postseason gets here. Now, it's different this year because we have a lot of made goods. You know, we have a lot of sponsors that we've got to get in. So we're probably going to be doing doubling up just to make sure everybody gets the love that they paid for and they deserve. But what traditionally happens in postseason is MLB comes in and it's like it's like Big Brother comes in. As I mentioned, they come in and it's like, all right, MLB is here. We're taking over. So my role actually gets cut a lot because what you see in between the innings, all the packaging, all the commercials, that's more. MLB style and the Braves do this much While MLB does that much and the further Into the postseason you get by the Time you get to the World Series you know It's 10% Braves as far as Like our side goes with the entertainment and the Games and the giveaways and you know and that fun stuff It's a very minimal Braves and a majority of it's MLB
5: Hmm.
3: Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does. Now, let me ask this: uh, What kind of team do you guys have together for planning this stuff out in a regular season? You know, who, who's involved in that? Is there a in game? You know, committee, or is it you and a few folks from the marketing department? How does that work? Um, It is, there
1: is a, it's called fan experience now. It used to be called in-game entertainment, but the department that I work for is Braves Vision. So anything you see up on the big screen, anything you see on the ribbon LED boards, the out-of-town scoreboard, the fireworks, anything that happens with the camera in the stadium, not on Fox Sports, not on ESPN, but anything that happens in the stadium is part of Braves vision. And that's my department. And then there's also in the front office, there's the fan um, fan experience. They run like the heavy hitters and the Tomahawk team and the giveaways and anything that is a fan experience. So there is a team of, you probably heard his name before Scott Cunningham, um, who is, that's his department. He oversees many things, but that's one of them. And they have a, a team that comes up with like, you know, let's say McDonald's comes to the Braves and say, all right, you know, we're going to spend this, much money, and we want to be part of the game. And then they lay out 15 different options. Okay, you can have signage, or you can, you know, sponsor balls and strikes, or you can have a feature in in game. And like Racetrack's a prime example Racetrack wanted to have an in game feature, and they thought, okay, well, we have this guy that's pretty fast, and we can call him the freeze, and we can do a beat the freeze. That was just an organically brewed together idea. Uh, with our marketing team and with racetrack. And they came up with the idea of how to get racetrack involved in the games as a feature. And then it just exploded. And that's and that's a good example of a bunch of great minds coming together to create a viral
0: marketing campaign that is huge. Very cool. Very cool. So so, Mark, obviously, this hasn't been a normal year for anybody on this show. We often reference the working man. During a normal year, during normal Braves games, you are a working man. You're very much at work the entire time. I, I imagine you're not able to focus as much on the game itself. Mm-hmm. This year, to 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 look at the silver lining of it, I imagine you've had a unique opportunity to actually watch more Braves games than you normally might uh, and, and follow along with each pitch. So uh, what... What what have some of the pros and cons been of this year versus uh, a normal working year for you with the Braves?
1: I'm glad that you said that. That I'm not always able to watch a lot of the game. Because, and by the way, my neighbor um, is now cutting his grass. So if it gets too loud,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you say you say the word, and I can I can move indoors if need be. Um,
3: You're not supposed I to cut grass watching, on a Sunday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I also think my daughter's watching uh, Vampirina. So um you either get Disney Jr. or cutting grass. So it's up to you guys. Now um (laughs) it's uh um it's funny because you mentioned about watching the games. You'd be amazed. I I probably only watch about thirty percent of every home game because I'm either getting set up, getting ready to go, running from spot to spot, talking to fans, answering questions. Um it's just part of the gig. And They'll be like the day after a huge game. They'll be like, "Oh my God, Mark, did you see the play in the eighth inning with Freddie Freeman?" I was like, "No, what happened?" <laughs> <I don't know." laughs> like there, there have been days where, you know, I'll be, I'll get up the next morning and I'll be like, "Who the hell won? We did we win? Yeah, we won, didn't we?" I don't know what happened last night. So, um, so w- what's been fun about this season is watching. Home games from home, which I knew was going to happen eventually. Like you know, I'm, you, you, like I always say, it's like a running joke. You know, I I know my days as your in-game host. It's not going to be forever. I mean, geez, you know, there's there's going to be one day where you know Derek Schiller or somebody's going to look up at the big screen and be like, "Good God, man." Marks 42 and about 30 pounds overweight and got a gray beard and a bald spot. God, we can get a 25 year old who does CrossFit twice a day with a full head of hair and pay him half. So it's like I, I think
0: I think Braves,
1: Braves Nation would riot. <laughs> so the the weird part is I always knew there will be a day eventually that uh, um, you know I will watch the games from home, but I didn't think it would be like this. Um, however, I will say it has been a lot of fun. Having a beer during a home game, like having, you know, just to sit and, <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm, I'm really proud of what they've done this year. And I don't mean to go in a different direction. I'm sorry. Um, but I do have to say that, like, they have done a great job of trying to make the home games feel as normal as possible you hear big voice Casey um, doing the intros, Matthew Kaminsky, the organist is still trolling the other team with the walk-up, you know, uh, songs. And they have done a really, really good job of at least trying to, if you're watching on TV or if you're out in the battery um, or even for the players, you know, to kind of give them that, that if anything else, I'm actually, I'm kind of pissed and, and jealous of, of Casey and Kaminsky because, you know, we've all kind of been battling this together. We all kind of do the same thing, part of the entertainment side of it. And those, jerks get to be there and i don't <laughs> and it's not fair i'm not well, as happy about it
0: well mark you you do get to be there soon and and we're excited for for you and all of braves country to to be able to to get that that ballpark experience again um it, it's it's been a great pleasure having you on the show. We really appreciate you coming and helping us celebrate a big postseason win and hopefully a deep postseason run. And and just can't wait to see you in the ballpark again.
1: I I, uh, I thank you guys. It's an honor to uh, to join you guys. And I, I apologize if I'm long winded. I'm just like <gasps> we get to talk Braves again. I'm so <laughs> happy. <laughs> so, I, I, I apologize if you're like, yeah, we'll get little, uh, you know, we'll get two-sentence answers from Mark, but uh, I've got a lot. I've, listen, I've got a lot of pent-up aggression. I haven't talked to anybody all season. This is great. Uh, <laughs> If if you are coming out to any of the watch parties, um, you know, please come say, hey, I I love I I absolutely love it. I always joke on Twitter and whatnot about the drunk fans annoy me, which they do. But, uh, you know, but I love hanging out and talking baseball fans. So please don't ever be afraid or some people will say like, oh, I didn't want to say, hey, I thought you were working. It's it's I, I, you know, I'm a fan. I was born and raised a Braves fan. You know, my dad would take me down to Fulton County Stadium. I tried playing baseball, but I suck. So, you know, then I realized the only way I can get on the field for the Braves is to find a microphone. So uh, I'm just like you guys and i can't wait to see everybody uh starting tuesday uh, at, at truest park it's going to be fun
0: absolutely well you are uh you are a, a a radio machine uh and and thank you for for blessing us with your presence let's do it again sometime what do you say anytime
1: anytime you guys need me and i promise i'll be a, a little bit shorter answers on that one
0: <laughs> oh no worries just, we it, love it it
1: was good to, it was good talking to you guys thank you
0: Hey, do you or someone you love have a beard that could use a little TLC? Well, we've got some good news for you. We here at the Chatting Average Podcast have hooked up with an ambassador for a brand for just about any man, The Beard Struggle. These guys are celebrating all that is man by providing some of the best products around to get your beard ready for the big leagues. They've got everything from beard oils to balms to combs and tons of other great stuff that is perfect for getting your facial hair looking great. Check them out today at thebeardstruggle.com and use promo code AVERAGE15, that's AVERAGE15, to take 15% off of your first order, compliments of the Chatting Average podcast. All right, you know our next guest from such shows and films as Dawn of the Dead, Everest, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, House of Cards, and most recently, The Comey Rule. He was also raised a Braves fan right here in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Michael Kelly, how are you today, sir?
4: I'm great, man. How y'all doing?
0: Awesome, awesome. Thank you for joining us today. So, so we know you were you were raised here locally. Um, talk to us about what what was your first experience with the Braves, like the first game you went to, the first time that you remember being a Braves fan.
4: Um, I I, I probably I mean my dad always was right. I mean he came from Philly uh, where I was born actually, but um I was only there like a year and a half and when my dad moved to Atlanta, he, he pretty quickly became a Braves fan. And then, um, so didn't hurt. Dale Murphy was our neighbor. Um, he, he, uh, he lived like right when you turned into our subdivision, it was a pretty small subdivision. Um, but right when you turned in uh, a few houses in on the right, there was his and my, one of my best friends lived next door to him. And he, we, we got to play wiffle ball in the backyard with Dale Murphy. So uh, he was just always such a kind, good, good dude. And I was like in, you know, sixth grade, middle, middle schoolish around then. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember I, I, I worked, uh, one of our other neighbors was a, a builder. Um, and uh, he did a lot of landscape and stuff. I started working for him when I was a teenager, young teenager. And uh, he would give me tickets, uh, to the game every now and then. So I would get to go, um, as a young teenager, but yeah, probably, prior earlier than that with, with, uh, Dale Murphy was certainly instrumental in, um, in, in me becoming a Braves fan. Very, very cool. He, um, he quickly moved, by the way, out of our neighborhood when he got a when he got a good. It was, it was early, early Murph. He moved to the next subdivision over and built a big ass house. So I'll never forget. with a With a, it was so cool because I, I, I later became a cross country runner in high school and I would run all through all the subdivisions all around. And uh, Murphy's house, he had a this really cool brick mailbox and he had they had laid in bricks the number three in his uh, in his mailbox. It was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, So the
0: we we spoke once before on a zoom call, you jumped on with a bunch of Braves fans early in the season when when all of this, uh, this COVID nonsense hit. Kind of I think you were at a cabin up in Maine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
4: Uh,
0: (laughs) uh, and, And you like all of the rest of us were were kind of having some downtime from work, not really, uh, not really doing much, but hanging out at home with the family. Has, uh, has, has
4: that changed as your work schedule ramped back up? No, Nope, I'm just on a different lake now. I'm in New Jersey now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, no, I, I'm very, very fortunate. That was actually the man who I was speaking about, who I worked uh, construction and landscaping for. He was the man who had that lake house up. And, and, and later my brother married his daughter, Anyway, long story, but that's whose lake house we were up at in Maine. And now this is a friend of a friend who had a place they were selling in New Jersey. It's like an hour, hour and a half out of the city. So I'm not kidding when I say I, we finished the Comey rule like right when COVID was just starting to hit. We were in Toronto. And it was just starting to hit Canada. Then it moved. Uh, the U.S. was hit pretty hard right after that. So that was in January. We finished it just under the the, the COVID scare there. And then uh, I have not done much of anything besides I, You know, I'll go, I'll drive back in the city. These last few weeks, I've been going back in quite often for press to do the Today Show, to do whatever. But all via Zoom, man, it's just, it's a whole new world for us right now. And slowly, some people are starting to get back to work filming. But um, it's looking like for me, it's going to be probably January before I get back to work again. So it's been a whole year of just, you know, uh, helping out with with homeschooling and because our our kids New York City you know they they they're doing some opening of the schools but they're not ready for it yet so right just kind of helping out around here and spending time with the kids we play a, a baseball game in the backyard every day the four of us and uh, go on hikes and shit so it's just been it's been really nice to be with the family because quite honestly you know I spend a lot of time away from them so this has been a nice break man course <clears throat> absolutely
0: absolutely well I, as as we're doing with all of our guests today it's 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 fairly easy for us Braves fans to find a silver lining in all this because i uh, i think i can quite safely say that all of us have been able to devote more time to to following our our Atlanta Braves uh how much of of the wild card series were you able to watch what was your reaction to to this streak actually ending uh what what was that whole experience like for you
4: I I don't, I don't miss a a minute of much of anything to do with my Braves. Like I I really don't. Like if I, if I can't, my brother and my father and I, we text every single game. Uh, It's just something we've always done. And, um, you know, if I miss a game for whatever reason, you know, it's just so rare. Like maybe, you know, if the kids, the kids are so into it too. My kids are eight and 11, a boy and a girl, and they're both really into it equally. Um, My wife as well. So, we watched obviously playoffs every second of it and the four of us, you know, game one screaming and jumping up and down and then and then the second game we just lost our minds in here like in then in the ninth. Um it's just been it's been a lot of fun, man. And I I don't miss any of it. I I, I don't miss much of what goes on when triple A was happening. I don't miss much of I read about that every day. Like I'm I'm pretty much all <laughs> in
0: I'd, I'd love to hear it. So yeah. Uh to to kind of steer this a little bit back towards your your working life. So who who have you worked with that that we might be surprised to find out is is a, a rabid sports fan? Um because a lot of a lot of the people in the entertainment industry, their, their lives outside of that are very secretive to us.
4: Yeah. Uh, you know, Jeff Daniels is pretty big. Uh, we, we we talked a lot of baseball and, and um, he jokingly thanks me for turning him on to, you know, M-I-L-B app and, and learning about <laughs> the minor league team and stuff. And um, we I think I think you'd be surprised. I don't you know, Krasinski is a, is a pretty big Sox fan. Um, I think you know on, on almost every job I can find someone to be like, oh, you know what you're talking about. All right, it's fun to talk about. <laughs> you know, you. you <laughs> just, just about every job you'll find somebody that's that's into into it like 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 you are. But Jeff Daniels, cool. that was a pretty cool you know uh, surprise for me to, to to see how much he was uh, into baseball. You know, he's a great uh, country singer, guitar playing. So we talked a lot about music and um uh. He, he's 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 pretty great dude man all around all around great man
0: what's uh what what's your go-to album right now kind of sticking with the music topic
4: there for a second um i brothers osborne is probably the latest one uh i i think those those guys are are really great um uh yeah that's what i've been listening to lately that's probably my my most favorite
3: Hey Michael, you mentioned uh, playing out in the backyard with your kids. I kind of want to circle back around to that, back to your Dale Murphy stories. Did you ever strike Dale out in no, your no. ball games? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, I, th- th- look, th- this is your, this is your shot to brag about that.
4: <laughs> no, was, he was cool, but he wasn't that cool. No, I, I, I joke like, and, and you know what's funny is that. Um, uh, you know, the social media thing is, is pretty cool. And that, you know, Dale Murphy and I actually reconnected uh, in the past, I guess, about three years ago now. Um, and we, we haven't been able to see each other. Um, you know, the last season, Jack Ryan took me out of, of being able to go to any game. I, I, actually, I take it back. I got to go to one game, but it was in New York. Um, and I got to see faulty Fulty and I have become buddies via social media. And Ender and a couple of the other guys. And, um it, yeah, I, I can't wait to see Murph again because uh, you know I, I I haven't seen him up close and personal since when I was in fifth grade. Right. Uh, but but I shared the story with him. He's like, oh my god, that's so crazy. Maybe um, maybe
3: we can uh we get some kind of wiffle ball uh game organized between you two, <laughs> kind, well, kind of have I'm, a little reunion.
4: What I'm really hoping I was I was messaging with uh, Frank Corr the other day, um and uh, they were on there talking about uh, I don't know if you remember I guess I, I think it was just part of the playoffs or maybe it was the first game of the playoffs. But he said um, they were talking about the all-star game and how excited they were. And I was invited to play in the celebrity all-star game when it was in DC. Okay. Uh, and I'm really hoping that I get uh, invited back for the Atlanta one. And I, and I was telling him, I was like, God, I hope I see you buddy. Cause that's, you know, I'm dying to play in it. And um, they, they've invited me when he's like, I'm on it. So I'm really hoping that um, that, next summer i'll be uh in atlanta back home and, and playing and officially playing in it and getting to go to all those
2: michael you mentioned uh Fulte a little while ago what uh what do you think about the demons he's been facing and the troubles he's having where, where are you with that um i i think
4: you know it's, it's it's am i still frozen i'm seeing i'm frozen on my screen i don't know if i'm frozen on y'all but... uh anyway, you as long as you can hear me we can hear your audio yeah okay um yeah, I think it's, it's tough. You know, I think obviously it was probably COVID where he, um, where he, you know, with COVID probably lost. I don't, not saying he had COVID. I'm saying during that time, mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't able to maintain the the shape they were in. I think him losing that weight, uh, obviously, you know, you drop close to 20 pounds on, on a guy that size, you're going to lose something, you're going to lose a few ticks off your fastball. I think I think Fulty is, is uh, I, I pray he gets back because I, I, you know, not this season, obviously, but I, I think he's I think he's an amazing pitcher. I think he's got all the right stuff. You know, what happened with him last year and then him coming back and obviously that last playoff game excluded. He came back lights out. You know, I think, you know, like anything, like even what I do for a living, a lot of this shit's mental. Um, and I think, you know, him going going down and doing all the work and saying, you know what? You know, his member his bracelet that said, "Don't be a don't be a bitch" or something like that. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> you know, and, and like I said, even what I do, you know, you you it, it's it's easy to lose faith uh, in yourself sometimes. You know, you as an actor, you're only as good as your last job, and every one of them, you're like, God dang, just please let me do it again. You know, because it's it's hard and it is mental. It's not like, but with even with something like pitching, man, I mean, that's so immediate right it's so your your results are right there for everybody to see and it can be to a dime calculated i, I can't imagine that pressure
5: I can't
2: And everyone's imagine. everyone's a critic either social media or, or all those outlets everyone is criticizing every move you make or everything you do
4: yeah it, it's tough i i hope he remains a brave i hope he uh i hope he comes back like i know he can you know i think he's he, he could be great for us going forward great for us I mean you got to you got to be really happy as a Braves fan with uh pitching and and what we've been able to do. You know, we've got one of our original starting five from the season and we're in the playoffs. It's, and and not just in the playoffs, but in the playoffs as a number 2 seed. Like that's yeah, damn doing well. damn impressive. Damn <laughs> impressive. So uh so
0: so Michael, what what is your gut telling you about a Marlins Braves NLDS matchup?
4: I, uh, you know what, it's 2020. I think what my gut says doesn't matter for shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fact that the Marlins are where they are, uh, I think says a lot, you know, and, and look, I read a great article uh, last night and, you know, about that Phillies broadcaster who called them the bottom feeders early in the season and how they actually use that as motivation. And I respect that. I, I respect this team. I think the Marlins are no- nothing to be laughed at. I don't think I think they, you know, that's a formidable rotation, and they've got, and they've got guys that can figure out how to get them on, get them over, and get them in, and that's, yep. that's how you win games. Um, you know, that that series with uh, Cincinnati. I mean, granted, we faced some nasty pitching, but they've even got a seven, eight, nine guy. You know, they've they've got the rotation and the um, and, and the and the pen to to do it. So it, they scare the hell out of me. Uh, you're in the playoffs, man. Anything can happen. Uh, So anybody's going to scare me. The Reds scared the hell out of me. I believe that we could win just as I believe on paper we should win against Miami. Um, But it's a playoffs, and you, you don't know. It's it's who catches fire at the right time. I would have, if I saw our bats do what they're capable of doing against Cincinnati, I'd feel a little bit better. Um, I'm not saying I'm scared. Uh, and I'm not saying we, we, like I said, we shouldn't win, we should win, but um, it's playoffs. So we'll, we'll see. Right. What do y'all think? Um, I
0: I feel exactly the same way. I think they, they deserve all of the respect of, of a a team that finished second in one of, if not the best divisions in baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, They, 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 Had a lot of of high quality wins. Obviously, this week a lot of people are going to bring up the twenty nine to nine loss to to the Braves early in the season. Obviously, I think that was that was an outlier, uh, (laughs) to say the least. Yeah, because if you look at the rest of those games, uh, the run difference. Go go ahead. It's it's decent. It's not that great
5: though.
0: (laughs) Right now, if that happens again in the postseason, I'll, I'll be singing a different tune come next week's episode. But um, you know, I, 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 don't think this is going to be a walkover series for the Braves by any means. The Braves are are capable of making it such, but I, I, I don't expect that to happen. I expect it to be a a fierce battle and go at, at least four games, if
4: not five. Yeah, and and what is that? And what does that do for the Braves? We don't know what a five game series with the Atlanta Braves is going to look like. We don't. What do you? We don't know what. Hell, we don't know what it looks like going past number two. exactly exactly and and (laughs) do
0: we get the kyle wright that we saw in his last couple of starts of the season or do we get the kyle wright that we saw towards the beginning of the year we just we we don't know yet if he has that postseason gear that he can shift to
4: right and i i will go with the former on that i do believe that we will see the, the latter kyle wright i think that he has found some things and he, but, but look, how, how long has it been since he pinched too? It's like, Oh yeah. Kind of crazy, you know? Um, and, and will girl allow free to pitch on fewer days rest? Probably. Um, so you'll have him for another game, I think, but we'll see. And the you just hope they win it in, in three. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly.
3: Well, that, That's certainly the tricky thing about this divisional series too, is no days off you know, between the five games. So that where a normal series, you could almost guarantee having your game one starter ready for a game five, it is going to be very short rest for Max Freed, if that's the case. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out.
4: Yeah, but he's a kid too. Like I do, oh, yeah. I also get, you know, these, these young guys, these they are really young guys, which is exciting as I was a Braves fan, but it's, uh, it's also, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, you can, you can go on shorter rest. I, I
0: think. I, I tend to agree with you. So we've we've got a couple of questions we wanted to ask to uh to just have a little fun with you before we wrap this up. Yeah, man. Um, so uh being an actor, uh every I imagine everyone grows up as a kid with with a favorite superhero. So say uh Marvel or DC Universe comes around and wants to cast you as a superhero of your choosing. What is your uh, dream superhero role, or or super villain for that matter?
4: Yeah, I think you know I would have liked to have done um, Lex Luthor. I think that would have been an incredible challenge, and I'm already bald, so that'd have been cool. (laughs) 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 But I guess if I got to pick one, it's funny because I watched uh, we watched Avengers again last night with the kids, and um, you know Iron Man's just gotta be the coolest right like he's <laughs> he's just oh, yeah. so freaking cool um that that would be a real treat but uh you know i always wanted to um uh, batman i think is you know especially like the the um what do you call it batman's when when what's his name was directing him. um christopher nolan those films were so badass like to be mm-hmm. bat, to be that batman that'd be cool
0: Right. They kind of ditched the the sort of comic-y feel of it and and, and made it more of a, a a dark reality-based sort of character, and it was it was just incredibly entertaining.
4: Yeah, and going with the type of characters that I typically play, the dark Batman would probably suit me the best. <laughs> <laughs> Fair
2: enough. Uh, Michael, staying with the same theme of hypothetical roles, if you could reprise any baseball movie, uh, and Star as the main character, which would you choose?
4: Oh, God, it's a toss up. It's a toss up between uh, Field of Dreams and um, and uh, uh, the, the League of Their Own. Uh, to to play the Tom Hanks role would be just. I mean, that's that's a dream, you know. Um, I I don't know if y'all saw it, but I did a cool ba- baseball movie two two summers ago. It was an independent film that I produced and starred in. Very bad news bears esque, uh, and I played this really, um, uh, you know, he he was a a minor league, never made it out of the minors, and you don't know exactly why in the story. It kind of, it's, it's eventually told at the end, but um, he, basically, he's just a low level bookie in small town Maryland uh, who takes over, comes home and takes over his dad's bookie business, and he's really bad at it. So he basically steals from people to collect the money that's owed to him and shit like that so, but oh, he starts nice. he starts taking action on little league games in the town because he sees some of the guys that own money at the game and he, he befriends this kid and he's like he goes the kids like come to my game and i'm like yeah whatever dude and he ends up going to the game and he sees people who own money he's like wait a minute i'm gonna start taking action and his friends like dude what no you can't bet on little league he's like yeah i can and it's this whole, so it's a, it's, a, it's a cool little movie called All Square. So I kind of got the Bad News Bears thing in there. Um, it's very similar to that uh, in feel. Um, how, much, so how, I was,
2: much, how much did you have in the creative process of that? Did you get to write any of that or a lot? No, my,
4: my a good friend of mine, uh, funny enough, diehard Phillies fan, uh, Tim Brady, uh, he wrote it. And another good friend of mine, diehard Yankees fan, uh, John Himes, uh, directed it. Um, and I think it's on like Hulu or Amazon. You can get it now. Uh, but it's called All Square. It's it's a lot of fun. You guys will <laughs> watch it and, and, and I'll come back on. We'll talk about it. It's, it's a fun, fun. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I can't
0: I can't wait. So so
4: I'll go with uh, League of Their Own or Field of Dreams.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, Michael, it, it's it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I, I know you said you're not going to be back into full working mode until around January. But but do you have any uh, any projects in the hopper that we can start hyping up?
4: No man, that's uh, the the Comey rule. Obviously, just came out, which if you haven't seen, it's, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you think James Comey, or you think, oh, uh, you know, you see the Donald Trump character. It, it's not. It's I, I don't want to. We're not going to get political here. This is a baseball show, but it's it's not a political hit piece. It, it 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 will infuriate and cause discussions on the left and the right. Doesn't matter where you lie politically. It's a really cool little two-night event on on showtime uh it's already been on but you can still watch it on showtime on demand and it's uh it's something i'm really proud of um because it's uh it's and i think it's important that and like i said i'm you know i'm good friends with people on both sides of the aisle but i think most importantly right now
0: we all we we know just from your interactions with josh brown on twitter (laughs) um well well Michael we are officially today starting the Michael Kelly for the celebrity all-star game campaign I love um, it. and and we will show up with a with a cheering section for you but you 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 can't strike out looking man we're, I know. we're, we're gonna give you we're gonna give you the business from the fans if you strike out looking
4: I, I don't blame you and uh, I gotta tell you man as much as I want to do it I'm petrified to do it <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I practice with my son every day for a reason. <laughs> well, uh well again,
0: it's it's been an absolute pleasure and we can't thank you enough for uh for making some time for us. And
4: uh Thanks, guys. go go braves. Go braves, man. Have me back on after uh, if we if we get through this series, all right? Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. Meant a lot. Take care.
0: If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of chattingaveragepodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at GoatWebDesigns, on Instagram, at GoatWebDesign, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. Our next guest has been covering baseball for over 15 years and can be heard all over the Braves radio network. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to welcome one of our favorites from Twitter, a true baseball and professional wrestling gif aficionado, Mr. Grant McCauley. How are you this afternoon?
5: I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, of course. Uh, we, we should briefly mention that our guest host for this episode, Mr. Jeff Donahue, had to leave because our recording session has run a bit long, but he wanted uh, us to be sure to pass along his regards to you, Grant.
5: Well, I definitely appreciate that. I've been following Jeff for a long time, and uh, just happy to join this cast that you guys have put together for this show. It sounds like a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's certainly been a lot of fun, and, and uh, of course, we, we greatly appreciate you making some time for us, so uh, to, to jump right into it. Obviously, you're you're a little closer to the team in terms of uh, coverage and 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 what you focus on than than the average fan here. So obviously, we were very excited about finally winning a postseason series after all these years. Um, what what was uh, what was your involvement with the games? What was your uh, impression from them? How, how uh, what, what's your what's your take on on what we've just seen in this past week from the Braves?
5: Well, 2020 has been a weird year, and I don't think I really need to preface that with anything in particular to make that resonate for people. But to see the Braves finally get over that hump and win a postseason series, that means a lot, not just to the fan base, but also the franchise. And for the 2020 club, it's more about their expectations of where they are right now. So I was really happy to see that group you know, play their way through a lot of adversity, clear a lot of hurdles, deal with a lot of challenges, a lot of injuries. And just a very strange set of circumstances that was set up all around the 2020 season in general. I mean, nothing was normal, everyday baseball stuff. I mean, you had the pandemic in the backdrop of everything that you were doing. The Braves clearly had to deal with that, including their best player this year, Freddie Freeman, who should win the NL MVP award. He had to deal with that. So the Braves had pretty much from jump when they came back for that summer camp. It seemed like one thing after another, whether it was injuries to key offseason acquisitions like Cole Hamels or losing Mike Soroka for the season, which clearly a lot of folks could have looked at and said, hey, that's the moment when the Braves 2020 could have gone south in a hurry. But it didn't. So the resilience of this club has been great to see. I think they have played really good baseball this year. I think that they've won some games. Maybe they shouldn't have. They've lost a couple that maybe they shouldn't have. But to me, that's par for the course for a Major League Baseball season. Really liked what I saw. Really liked this matchup with the Marlins. It's a team that they've handled pretty well the last few years, to put it lightly. So a lot of good things to, to like about where the Braves are right now. And anytime you can punch your ticket, get into October, win a series and keep on going, I think you'll take that 10 times out of 10.
0: Absolutely. Uh. So so to shift it uh a little more to you from the Braves, what has what your work life been... Going through all this, uh, what's it been like versus uh, a a standard run-of-the-mill Major League Baseball season?
5: Well, my work life has been a little bit weirder this year because the pandemic not only affected the way the Major League Baseball season was laid out, but it affected my plans broadcasting-wise this year. And this has been a season in which, you know, for a variety of reasons, they worked with a much smaller crew this year. And that didn't allow me the kind of opportunities that I was certainly hoping for. Sitting all the way back in March, when I set out a schedule to work you know, about 130 to 135 with 162 games, doing pre and post game for the Braves radio network, that really wasn't readily available to me this year. They had to make some changes, and those are the things that I just had to kind of sit and wait and start focusing on 2021. But for me, and for somebody who's you know spent their whole life you know 15, 16 years now in this business, it's been a weird time to not have the same kind of outlet that I've had, whether it was doing pre-imposed, being a reporter, being a play-by-play guy in the minor leagues. Baseball is a part of my daily life. So I, I really tried to focus on that, you know, uh, accept the things that, that I can control and the things that I can't control and just allow baseball to kind of be, uh, for lack of a better term, just part of the, the therapy that you have on a daily basis to get through a year like we've had this year. So it's been a little bit strange. haven't had the same kind of opportunities. I've been really focused on my podcast each and every week that's been something that remains a good creative baseball outlet for me, something I enjoy a lot. And it just kind of keeping up with people in the industry and, you know, keeping that dialogue going. I think that's a big part of it. Just, just trying to, you know, establish as much of a new normal as you possibly can. And that's what 2020 has been on a pretty daily basis for me, just kind of trying to maintain a perspective. For sure.
0: And, and to, to make sure we don't jump by it. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to the, from the diamond podcast podcast, uh grant is doing some great work there where uh where can they find that show grant
5: well you can find it on apple podcast google podcast spotify soundcloud and stitcher and you can find it at fromthediamond.com as well do a little bit of blogging and some other projects and stuff that i like to put up there but uh, fromthediamond.com is a pretty good place to start but if you've got the normal podcast providers you can find from the diamond right there and hit that subscribe button
0: <laughs> excellent awesome stuff uh so, uh, to get back into the Braves a bit, um, so talk to us about some of the things that that you saw from the Braves, uh, whether it be on the field, you know, eye test stuff, or uh, or analytically that that you were excited about in 2020, and maybe some things that that you're expecting to see out of them in 2021.
5: Well, I think that the number one focus of, of big things to jump off the page from the on-field product in 2020 has been Freddie Freeman really putting everything together and putting up an MVP caliber season. He had had those runs before. He's had, I think, seasons in which he could have had a top five or a top three finish, you know, dating all the way back to 2016 when the club really wasn't all that good, to be honest. And seeing that he kind of come full circle for Freddie Freeman and everything just kind of come together and fall right for him, even though he had to deal with COVID-19 right before the season, which really sapped his strength and his ability to get ready. That was, I think, the headline of the year. But when you start to look inside the numbers of the things that have gone on with the Braves and performance on the field, clearly Max Freed was a huge bright spot for the Braves this year. He was a guy that had a, a really good 2019. He's built on that. He's taken another step forward, and he did it at a time when the Braves needed it the most. Uh, From an analytical standpoint, I've tweeted about this a little bit because I know that there's some online hand-wringing that goes on around Ronald Acuna Jr., much of it that I don't really understand. However, this is a guy that we know he has the ability to affect the game in so many different ways. But the most encouraging part of his game this year for me has been the fact that he has doubled his walk rate and he's getting on base at a higher clip. And being able to do that, even putting aside the strikeouts, which are just part of baseball in 2020, that has me even more excited about what Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to do as he enters what should be the prime of his career. Cause we're talking about a 22 year old kid here. So, uh, Ronald, you know, the injuries notwithstanding and some of the time that he's missed and the, and the nagging wrist injury that he's had to deal with still found ways to impress us this year, hit tape measure home runs and make diving catches and uh, go from first to home and at light speed, it seemed like so. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I think you could like about what the Braves did this year. And when you sum it all up and put it all together, you know, the sum of the parts, you know, so to speak, the bullpen was everything the Braves needed it to be because the starting rotation simply was not able to be as well. But those are a few of the obvious headlines that jump out, maybe a little bit under the hood, if you will, on Ronald Acuna Jr. there, but uh, plenty of good things that I saw on the field from the Braves in 2020. And some of them, maybe a little bit unexpected, but. In the case of Max Freed, it certainly happened at the time the team needed it most.
0: Can't speak highly enough to the work he was able to get that out there and do, after, especially after Mike Soroka went down. The team needed him to be that horse that they could ride all the way to the postseason, and obviously they've done that. I know we're still in the middle of the postseason for 2020, but, but looking ahead to 2021, uh, what, what do you think Braves, can't, Braves fans can expect out of that season?
5: It's, it's, I don't know that it's easy to say right now. I mean, we're going to have to find out economically what clubs are going to be looking at this winter. I don't know that I would want to be a free agent looking for a long-term big money deal given the financial impact of the pandemic on not only baseball, but obviously all walks of our life in general and our, our economy as a country. That's going to be, I think, the, the biggest thing that's going to be the X factor for what the Braves are going to be able to accomplish adding to this club. Their core is locked up. I mean, they've got Ronald, they've got Ozzy, Max Freed. You hope to have Mike Soroka back and healthy sooner than later next year. Freddie Freeman's still under contract, though he has an extension that they should certainly be discussing on a pretty regular basis, I would say, at this point, if they haven't been already. But bringing back a Marcelo Zuna, finding that starting pitcher who could help stabilize his staff. I mean, I really think they should look at getting a couple of veteran starting pitchers to add to some of the emerging talent like Ian Anderson. Hopefully Kyle Wright will continue to take steps forward and see what they can put together there. And while we've talked a lot about how this bullpen was rebuilt by Alex Anthopoulos beginning at the trade deadline last year, Mark Melanson's a free agent, Shane Green's a free agent. They're going to have to figure out ways to complement that group again as well. And of course, if you're excited about prospects, Braves still have a few of those in the pipeline. We've seen Ian Anderson obviously come up, make an impact. Christian Pache has been at the top of that list for about a year now as far as overall in the organization. I'm excited to see him get some regular playing time and opportunity, I think, next year with Ender Ciarte. I think on his way out of Atlanta after his tenure, that should open up, I think, a spot for one of the more exciting defensive players in the minor leagues and hopefully in the major leagues next year. And, of course, you can't mention Christian Pache without mentioning Drew Waters. So there's a lot to be excited about. I don't know how much of it's going to be filled internally as far as the Braves' needs and asking some of these young players to step up or how creative Alex Anthopoulos can get to try to, you know, add the pieces he's going to need that he's had to do each and every winter. And I would say at the top of his list of guys he'd like to bring back this year, Marcelo Zuna, who had an MVP caliber season in the middle of the order. I'd love to see him stick around for four or more years.
3: Absolutely. And uh, Grant, Alex and I have talked about it all off the show before, um, and looking forward to next season, and looking at your potential top four in a rotation of Soroka, Freed, Anderson, and Wright, you mentioned uh, you know what you would hope would be the potential of signing a couple of veteran pitchers. Do you see that as as much of a necessity as potentially re-signing Ozuna, or do you think that having that top four there set for next year essentially um, stabilizes the rotation a little bit more and? they can focus more on signing the big bad of Ozuna.
5: I think that you can have a lot of different focuses in free agency. I know a lot of folks, as we sit here and look at the hot stove, you see the obvious need and the obvious big names. And you say, well, we got to figure out what we're going to do with this guy. I mean, we played this game all last year with Josh Donaldson or all winter, I should say as to whether or not the Braves are going to resign him. And then what are they going to do? And if they don't resign him, then what's going to happen? That whole thing kind of worked itself out. I mean, it didn't do it in the long-term variety, But plugging in Marcelo Zuna into the spot where Josh Donaldson would have been for the Braves has worked out pretty well. And as far as long-term contracts are concerned, if I'm giving one of those out for the kind of money that Josh Donaldson got from the twins or kind of where the Braves were reported to be close to that, maybe not as many years, I'd much rather be given that money to a guy like Marcel, who's four years younger, especially if the DH is going to be a part of national league baseball going forward, which I think it will. Um, But to go back to the pitching, I think you've got to focus on multiple things at a time and see what you can accomplish as the market and the opportunities in free agency maybe present themselves. Some guys may come on the market trade-wise that could make a big difference for the Braves, and they can move some of that money around because they are going to have some to spend. If you look at just this year's payroll, maybe expecting some kind of deduction from it based on economically the losses that most clubs are dealing with from a revenue standpoint, I still think that you can get a lot of things done as long as there's not some big slash in payroll, which I don't anticipate. But there's just so much uncertainty around it. It's really hard to say. But I'm sure Alex Anthopoulos is going to be looking to fill a lot of different items of need for his club rather than just getting hyper-focused on the one clear need, which would, I would say, be bringing back Ozuna so that you maintain the offensive prowess of your club. But they got to do something in that rotation. And they got to find somebody, I think, stability-wise, Not so much a flyer like you took on Cole Hamels that just it didn't work out, but somebody who you could have around for multiple years, whether that's free agency or a trade and somebody that has a track record of being able to go to the post every fifth day. I think they need at least one of those guys, if not two, to really round out this rotation. And I think we've proven time and again and really learned it in 2020. You can never have too much pitching.
0: Absolutely, and to to your point earlier about the the interesting economics uh, of baseball coming up this offseason, season, um, purely speculative, but it seems to me like this is a good time to have a GM like Alex Anthopoulos, a guy mm-hmm. who who has a penchant for going out and and finding interesting one year players uh, that you can bring in to fill a gap and and. You know with with some of these big contracts, presumably not getting the dollar amount that they would in a normal year, uh, there might be a, a a larger pool of players willing to accept those those kind of one-year deals that we like to give out. There could be.
5: and I, I'm just I don't know that there's really going to be that big money contract out there with very few exceptions. And I would have to sit down and really look at the free agent class I don't have it in front of me. but When I think back to Mookie Betts getting his extension done with the Dodgers before even wading into the winter and trying to figure it out, now clearly he got one of the best contracts in baseball that's ever been signed. However, I think even he had a little bit more motivation to get that deal done and not deal with that uncertainty as well. There would be plenty of clubs after Mookie Betts in the winter, but after all those losses have kind of sunk in a little bit more as far as the revenue is concerned, maybe if clubs start to tighten their purse strings, that changes the whole dynamic, even for a, a generational talent like a, a, a guy like Mookie Betts. But for some of the other guys, whether that be Marcelo Zuna, I think JT Realmuto is going to be out on the free agent market this year as well. There's a lot of different exciting players that could make clubs better. It's just how aggressive are these clubs going to be. And for sports agents, this has got to be almost a perfect storm of not good proportions for trying to get those long term deals done for your clients. It's going to be a real challenge, I think, and it's something that I think fans should prepare for and I, I would say have patience with, but I, I know how it goes. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but it's going to be, I think, a little bit more uncertain than it's ever been, and I don't know that we'll really even be able to say, okay, well, here's the dominoes that need to fall. Once so-and-so signs, then these other three guys will sign. I think we saw last winter a lot of signing seemed to kind of go out of order, whereas you would think, well, this will establish the market then someone would sign and then another deal would just never happen. Like say trading Chris Bryant, things of that nature. It's, it's hard to predict how a winter is going to play out, but even more so this year, I think there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and a lot of clubs that I don't know that maybe they will kind of wait until closer to spring training before they fill all of their needs. And Braves fans are certainly familiar with that whole thing. Oh, for
0: sure. So, uh, you know, I apologize in advance to any of our listeners uh, who are not professional wrestling fans, like all three of us on this call currently, um, but we were never going to bring Grant McCauley on this show uh, without, you know, diving into that topic a little bit. So, uh, so Cam, I think I, I think you can go ahead and take this one away. Yeah. So uh, I, I think
3: a really just fun wrestling question that I always like to ask other other wrestling fans whenever I have the chance is, who in your opinion? is the most underrated wrestler you've ever seen.
5: Most underrated that I've ever seen. Yeah. That's a really interesting question. I'll I'll tell you one guy that I don't think has gotten his due in the big run that I felt like he was going to have. And then injury kind of stopped it from happening is Finn Balor. Um, He was the guy. I, I loved all the bullet club stuff that was going on in new Japan. I was into the ring of honor at the time, you know, that, that scene, it was a very exciting time on the Indies and That's just he's a he seems like a no brainer kind of player for WWE, and they really just haven't done much with him. I know he's had some success. I know he's back in NXT. He's been able to bring back the Prince gimmick and all of that stuff. But I don't know. It's it seems like as I watch him work and think about all the different things that a guy like that can do, he seems he feels underrated to me and how big of a star he could be if they would, you know, press that pedal to the floor and just keep on it because I I feel like there's money to be made there, but what do I know? I don't run a wrestling federation.
3: Well, (laughs) well, and I think, I think especially too for your non Japanese wrestling viewers, I think there's still a lot lost there on how big of a deal Prince Devitt was Mm -hmm. at one point, you know, Um, and, and to your point that, I think that's where that underrated feeling comes from is that people haven't seen how big of a deal he can be and should be.
5: Yeah, I I agree with that. And I don't know why it took so long to learn that doing the buckle bomb, whether that be on the inside of the ring or against the barricade, is a really stupid move to do because all it did was end Sting's career and also tear the labrum, I think, or tear up the shoulder of Finn Balor. And I love Seth Rollins, but that's just I don't see what that move really added to the match. And those are the kind of things that we learn and hopefully move on from and hopefully never see again.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll throw one more in there just for uh, a little bit of fun. Um, so who is your favorite terrible wrestler of all time? Whether it be in-ring performance, uh, a bad gimmick, or, or anything along those lines.
5: Man, I don't know. I mean, there's no shortage of bad gimmicks all time. I, I don't know if it's possible to have a favorite. I spent a lot of time, I don't know if you guys have watched the OSW review. You guys familiar with that? It's a video podcast. It's these three lads over in Ireland who have been doing this for about six, seven years, and they have the video element, and they record just like we are right now. And then one of their guys, Jay, who's kind of the leader of their whole faction, then goes through and edits together all of the archival footage that you would need as they review old pay-per-views and old storylines and all of those old arcs and, and things that appeal to, I think, you know fans of the 80s and 90s, which was a big boom for – All of wrestling, I don't think it will ever be as big as it was in the 90s. But long story short, they chronicle a lot of the good stuff, but also they really poke fun at a lot of the bad stuff. So if you haven't had a chance to check them out, I would highly recommend that. So that's a plug for you. Excellent. Um, Thinking about the the worst gimmicks ever, worst wrestlers ever, I have a soft spot for Disco Inferno. Yes, (laughs) because yes. <laughs> i actually think he can' work and and I, I kind of follow a little bit of his commentary that he's got going on now i mean that was not a, that was a loser gimmick from jump but the guy could work but that was never going going to uh ascend to superstar status but i would probably throw him in there as my one guilty pleasure bad wrestler who was actually better than you thought he was but you just rolled your eyes every time you saw him
0: I'm I'm just gonna throw this in because I got to see him at an indie show one time, but uh, my my pick for that would have to be the Yeti. Okay,
5: so, well you're <laughs> going super bad. I mean, like shock master.
0: <laughs> the Yeti. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, well, Grant, we, we can't thank you enough for making some time to be on the show today and uh, lending a little bit of uh, of actual expertise to a couple of average chatters. Um, it's It's been an exciting week for us Braves fans. This is an exciting show for us to record, and uh, hopefully we get to do it all again next week.
5: Yeah, I look forward to it. I mean, this is a matchup that I think is favorable for the Braves when you look at all the teams that are still standing going into these playoff bubbles. They have had a way with the Marlins. We'll just call it that. And hopefully they can continue that. They'll be able to line up their rotation the way that they want to. I think that now that you've moved over the hurdle of having to deal with the Trevor Bowers and the Luis Castillos and thankfully not having to see Sonny Gray. Yeah, you might have to deal with Sixto Sanchez, but I definitely like where the Braves are headed right now as far as this matchup is concerned. And hopefully they can keep this thing going.
0: All right, Grant. Well, uh, well, thanks again for joining us. And uh, let's do it again sometime. Thanks, guys. Anytime. All right. Go Braves. Man, this episode has been fun. We got to we got to give a big thank you to all of our guests today. We had Mr. Jeff Donahue lead the show off with us as guest host. Mr. Mark Owens, of course. World famous actor, Mr. Michael Kelly. Uh, Baseball and wrestling aficionado, Mr. Grant McCauley. Thanks to all of them. It has been a ton of fun recording this episode. Uh, just just goes to make this week a little bit more special for guys like like Cam and I to be able to do this on top of watching our, our Braves win a postseason series. So before we wrap up for the week, we're going to talk briefly about the National League Division Series between the Braves and Marlins. As we were recording, the start times for each of the NLDS Marlins-Braves games were released. Games one through four will be played at 208 p.m. eastern standard time. If there is a game 5, it will be played at 408 p.m. eastern time. Cam, what do you think about that?
3: Well, uh I'll be on vacation starting Wednesday, so I'm not going to see a lot of this series unfortunately. Um I'll see, I'll probably see the Tuesday game since I'll be at work and actually will have a way to watch most of it, but, oh uh, boy, that, that stinks, especially after coming off a series where, you know, we had a 12 o'clock start time for both games, hitting us with a middle of the afternoon start times for at least the first four games if needed for this series, that's kind of a letdown, a little bit frustrating, like at least one primetime game would have been nice, but you know it is what it is i suppose
0: well i'll tell you what braves fans if our team goes and, and wins this series we are guaranteed prime time slots so uh, oh that, sure that is uh that is the reward for getting by the mighty mighty marlins yeah yeah which you know like like we everybody has said several
3: times on this show on paper This feels like a favorable matchup, but, you know, just like going into the Red Series, I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch. Uh, You know, anything can happen in the postseason, um, as we've seen in in years past. The on paper better team does not always win. So um, I think we do match up well. We've had some rough games with the Marlins this season, though. Um, Some very uninspired type games. Like I think of that that Friday night game in Miami. Um, in our first series with them, that was a bit rough, where the Marlins pretty much ran all over us and you know stole every base uh, under the sun. But I I I think it's favorable. I think it I think it kind of leans towards the Braves, you know, getting the nod in this series. But it's the postseason. You never know.
0: Uh, one thing I, I failed to mention when we were uh, when we were talking with Jeff a little bit earlier. Uh, Something that that Brian Snicker uh, needs to be commended for. Um, During the season, there were some fairly obvious hiccups in his decision-making, especially as it pertained to relief pitcher selections. Um, And and he he took some heat for that, uh, I think to a degree, rightfully so. Um, But if we're looking at at this postseason, so far, Brian Snicker has has put on an absolute show, a clinic showing you how to use an elite bullpen in the postseason. Uh, as, as, as much was said about him negatively uh, when, when he was making some questionable bullpen, bullpen decisions, uh, the same amount of praise needs to be heaped on him for his performance in games one and two of the National League Wild Card Series.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it. I think like I mentioned before, while the while the Reds don't necessarily have a great offense, uh, our, our starting rotation and, and our bullpen did exactly what you're supposed to do against teams like that. So, you know, anybody saying that, oh, well, you know, the, the Reds only hit 210 across the regular season. Well, OK, then our pitchers performed exactly how they were supposed to for this.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this week, guys, for Jeff Donahue. For Grant McCauley, for Michael Kelly, for Mark Owens, for Cam Matthews, I'm Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye.
5: Bye.
1: With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com/chattingaverage. We'll see y'all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average podcast.